Welcome to another episode of the Back Check, the podcast where we talk about the Hall of Fame cases for various players. My name is Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. And today is our first ever goalie episode. Um, we've been putting them off for various reasons, and we are we are going to have a change in format in the coming episodes. So we decided that before we did that, we should tackle the goalies that we've skipped over as we've gone through various hall classes. So there's six of them, and so we're gonna, it's a two-parter. We're going to do three today who had fairly overlapping careers, and then we're going to do three more the next episode in which two of them had overlapping careers and actually played on the same team, and one of them has nothing to do with the other other five players, really. So, <laughs> so Roger Vachon is going to be all by himself. And then everyone else is like, Oh, they were contemporaries. And, and like, in some cases played on the same team or before the <laughs> franchises. Anyway. So, uh, this episode we're doing Patrick Roy, uh, Martin Brodeur and Cujo. Um, and we're going to start with Patrick Roy, who, uh, is acclaimed, I think as at least for our generation, Bill, one of the best goalies ever. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think people, the the debate, and we're going to talk about Hashik next episode, but the debate probably for people of our age is probably, is it is it Wall or is it Hashik who was the best? I would agree, um, yeah. I think that's the most common I've heard anyway. Um, so he played 19 seasons, and 18 of them were as a starter, um, which gives you some idea. Uh, <laughs> and that, that 20th one, he played one game, so... <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was 19. He played one game, and uh, and then uh, yeah, every other season after that, he was a starter. He of course played only for two franchises: there, the Habs and the Avalanche. Um, so he has a fairly impressive resume. He was he's uh, second all time in wins, uh, and yet he is only 13th all time in losses, which is pretty good for being second all time in wins. Um, and fifth all-time in games played, so he has fewer losses than you might expect. For yeah. Uh, and then he uh, he's uh, 15th all-time in shutouts, which is actually lower than I was expecting. Um, and uh, he is eighth all-time total in point shares for any player ever, and he's the third all-time goalie, um, which says, according to Hockey References point share metric, that he's the third best goalie ever, but of course those are cumulative over a career and are not uh, prorated. And uh, he has, um, he is also, uh, Hockey Reference has a goalie, uh, advanced stat goalie thing called Goal Saved Above Average, and Wa is second all-time in that stat behind, I believe, Broder is first, but that's, no, Broder is not first. So I should probably look up who is first, because that is, that's sort of their, their thing that they use to figure out point shares. Um, I'm just going to see. Oh, number one is uh, Esposito, which should not surprise me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, that um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Now, without adjusting for era, was uh, was GAA and save percentage are not super impressive. His uh, his 254 GAA is not on any leaderboards, nor is his 910 save percentage. But, of course, he played a huge chunk of his career in the highest scoring era ever. He played yes, the first. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> two-thirds of it half to two-thirds of it so it's uh it's hard to it's hard to blame him too much for that yeah um, it had nothing to do with uh, him 
So as usual, uh, we like to talk about the draft. And uh, goalies are funny because goalies historically, prior to DiPietro and Luongo and people like that, mm-hmm. goalies are very rarely taken high. And of course, Bois was taken 51st. Um, but if you if you sort the draft strictly by point shares, he was taken 51st in 1984. He is actually first in his draft class ahead of everybody, including Lemieux. But that is because they're, they're calculated differently, right? Like yeah. gold point shares are given more weight in general than any uh, skater point share. Um, but he is uh, he has more than double the next goalie on the list in terms of point shares for that. And that's Kirk McLean, who was drafted 107th. Kirk? He has, he has 84 point shares, and Patrick Waugh has nearly 200. Wow. <laughs> Games played wise, Patrick was a thousand. Uh, Kirk has six hundred. So man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing with with Raw too. Like you know, most goalies take a little while to hit their prime, and it typically lasts, uh, let's say, anywhere from oh, if you're really good, eight to ten years, where you're you're like you're clearly a number one, and you that's sort of your career. The the rare guys are like the Brodeurs or the Roys, where like uh, the Roys, where the, their entire career is definitely they're the number one guy and you know no one's gonna have some kind of thing like this yeah. you know most goalies that the goalies take a little while to season you know they only really sort of hit their i'm capable of being a starter like in most cases when they're like 25 26 and then they've got about you know eight to ten years before old age sort of hits them right because it's such a difficult yeah. position um that's so guys very like, true enough. sorry yeah it's okay just guys like raw and uh you know Cujo to a lesser extent and uh, Britter, uh, you know, they, they come in, they take the number one job and they're just never giving it up. But they, they also, they seem to be capable of being the starter at a much younger age. So the stats they can put up are just, cause they just, they're ready for the job much earlier than most goalies, you know? So they just get extra, let's, let's say six to eight years of stats where they can really pile up the wins and the shutouts. And, you know, it just becomes a much more impressive case. I mean, even Hashik, it took a while to realize how great he was. He he had a much shorter career than these guys. Oh yeah, as we'll see next episode. Very mm-hmm. like his peak is like six years long. Like his yeah. really his peak is ridiculous. His peak might be the best performance by a goaltender in the history of the sport, but it was six years long or seven yeah. one or the other. Um, yeah, you're no. It's a really good point, especially especially about Raw. I was just gonna say if you want to call him Roy, that's fine with me. No, uh, no, it's not. Was good for me because. You know, I, I I might be living in Ontario, but the uh, the Quebecer in me is still gonna try to call him Patrick Waugh and say it properly. But uh, yeah. I, I I talk to a lot of uh, you know English and American friends and stuff, and they always say Roy, so it kind of gets into my head. <laughs> um, I uh, I think it's a really good point about him because he, even more so, like even he quit uh, before he, like he had to in a way that yeah. neither Brodeur nor Cujo was able to do. And so it's especially impressive with him because he, there's no drop off. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like his last season was not the best of his career by any means, but it was also, he was still a starter. He played 63 games in his final season yeah. and um, he had a, a GAA of 256, which is like, man, but it, uh, well, actually, that was pre. Yeah, yeah, it was not great for the era, but like his save percentage was nine twenty, which is fine. Um, yeah. And so, uh, like, that was his last season. I mean, he finished fourth in Vesna voting in his last season. Like, it's like. Oh yeah, he was. 
he was still obviously capable of being a goalie, but then yeah. um, his last year was 2004. Uh, maybe it was 2003? It was 2003, yeah. Okay, yeah. So so I was going to say maybe the lockout influence, influenced his decision not to come back, but evidently he just decided to hang him up. But I think I think you could kind of tell Colorado was about to go through a rebuild too. Yeah, and yeah. I think he, he didn't he didn't really want to you know go to a third team, but also you know he he'd he'd won four cups, so I mean at that point it's like you don't have much left to prove, and I think he was just sort of like you could tell like you know Forsberg was gonna leave and you know Sackett like they were all getting older, and it's like am I really gonna go through a rebuild with a bunch of young kids? I don't think I am, so I think maybe he saw the writing on the wall and just decided that was enough. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Um. And anyway, to drag it back to the draft for sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to drag it back to the draft um, for one minute. Um, he's very, very clearly the best goalie in his draft by uh, no offense to Kirk McLean. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't a great uh, goalie draft, right? Like it's uh, Wa uh, McLean and then Craig Billington and Darcy Wakalak. Wakalak. Yeah, see, I didn't even know him. Uh, uh, Jeff Reese. Jeff Reese, I remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, but yeah. So one of the things that I find interesting slash weird about like online hockey discussions is the forum that we like rely on at least a little bit for some of our research. They have this. They get annoyed when people say you can't compare skaters to goalies, uh, and I just it drives me crazy because I think you really can't. Um, yeah. I just, I don't understand why people think they can. Um, and I don't, I, I guess it's because I feel like there's nothing, there's no like real, you know, everything, everything you say when comparing a skater with a goalie is, is going to be subje- completely subjective. Um, but given that, uh, <laughs> given that Lemieux is in this draft and Brett Hull and Luke Robitaille and Gary Suter and, uh, and Kevin Hatcher and Gary Roberts and Peter Savota um, and and other Kirk names, Muller. Kirk Muller, lots and lots of names. Yeah. It's an amazing draft. I don't think we can say conclusively that Patrick Wall was the best player in his draft because no. Mary Lemieux right? yeah, is the, depending on your preference, second or uh, first best center in the history of the sport. So yeah. um, anyway. Just I, I I mean I, I find would, those comparisons impossible, but yeah. Well, it's a, if, if I was gonna value the players in this draft, I would probably go Lemieux one, Watu, and then you can you can debate about Hull or uh, or Robitaille as to which one you like better. But to me, you know the what Raw was able to do, especially like in Montreal, like if he's not on those teams, there's no way. Like they were solid teams, they were really good defensively, but without Raw, there's no way they win either one of those cups. Like he was yeah. unbelievable. And you could even argue Colorado wouldn't have won their first cup without him. So, yeah, um, it's, you know, he, and th- that first one when he came in as a rookie was just absolutely ridiculous. Like, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he was, he was sort of, um, I guess m- maybe the early part of his career when he was with the Habs was more of his like Hashik era where you're like, he would make these saves that you just couldn't believe he made. And the, the equipment was a lot smaller back then too. Like he really had to, you know, a lot of them were very, very athletic saves, and that this is long before he ended up looking gigantic in the net like every other goalie when he was yeah, in yeah. Colorado. Um, this is like a, a tall, skinny dude. It was. Uh, do you go back and you watch him at the beginning of his career, and then you look at him at the end, like when he's with the Avalanche, you're like, what happened to goalie equipment? My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So for Airwise, uh, because I, I was str- really struggling on how to like figure this out, I just arbitrarily picked uh, a minimum of 410 games for all these guys, which is five five full seasons if goalies played a full season, which they do not. But uh, just as a way of cutting it off, because I was like, I have no idea. Um, and uh, so it's worth noting that of the 32 goalies to play in at least 410 games between 84 and 2003, Wise first in every category imaginable except losses, in which he's second, save percentage in which he's fourth, and GAA, in which he's sixth, which is a surprise. Wow. Um, but otherwise, he is first in everything else. Wins, uh, ties. Goals against shots against saves, save, uh, goal saved above average, shutouts, minutes, games played. And he's ahead in wins and games played by 150 each. So he played a lot. Um, and he faced, you know, over that time. He fa- Even though he, he, at his peak, he maybe wasn't getting shelled as much as some people. He did face his fair share of shots. Yeah. Um, his 82-game average is, for his entire career is a pretty impressive 29-17-7, and seven, with weirdly only three shutouts, which, again, the, the shutouts relatively, it just surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, his, But his peak, uh, which I figured out based on goalie point shares, from 91 to 94, his peak is 31, oh, sorry, 34, 21, and 8, five shutouts a season. Uh, a nine zero nine save percentage, which I know to today's fans sounds low, but it was the lit like the early nineties. Everyone was scoring a ton, yeah. so the fact that he had a nearly nine ten save percentage is actually good. And then lastly, a uh, two point five eight GAA, which once again sounds way too high, but it was the late or the early nineties rather. And so uh, playoffs, um, he is uh, you know. He has some accomplishments. Uh, he is first <laughs> in wins by 40. He is 40 ahead of the next guy in wins. I think the next one is Bruder, but I'm not percent sure. He's also first in losses, uh, but he's he's first in games played, so you would expect him to be first in, in losses. Um, he's, tw- he's second in shutouts, so his shutouts in the playoffs are much... Um, he's much higher up on the list than he is in regular season, which I would say is a thing that you would want from your goalie. Yep. Generally, you want the shutouts when they matter. You don't really, who cares about regular season shutouts unless you're desperate to make the playoffs. Um, his save percentage over that time is 9.18, which is uh, higher than his like pl- uh, regular season, so that's a good thing. It is also lower than we would expect, but once again, it's because of those like late 80s, early 90s. Like He had some like sub-900 save percentages in the late 80s, which of course he did. It was the late 80s. Uh, every, most people did. Um, he, uh, his GAA is 2.31, which is again lower than his regular season one, and he's first all time in minutes as well. And then here's the thing that really that really matters, I think, which is that when you adjust for era, he is eighth all time in goals against average and fourth all time in save percentage. So those numbers don't look great before you adjust for era, but when you adjust for era, with the caveat that it is just you know it is a calculation and does not take is uh take into account like the different skill sets and everything else but he looks a lot better once you adjust for error in those two in the two average stats um which you know we would expect because he's patrick Roy. exactly um 
So he has an, a very long list of accomplishments, which we will sort of skim over because it's 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 a page and a half. <laughs> no, it's we two pages. I'm sorry, it's pa- it's two pages long. Um, so top five in heart voting six times. Uh, he is one of only twelve goalies to win three Vesna trophies, and unlike some of those goalies who have won three Vesna trophies, he won three real Vesna trophies because they were all voted on. Whereas the Vesna prior to '81 was the Jennings. So that is worth remembering whenever you are saying historical, like goalies won this many Vesnas and that many Vesnas. It's like, well, they were the Jennings. So it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he was also the best defensive team a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He was top five in Vesna voting another seven more times. I have no idea where that puts him on that list because hockey reference, I don't think, shows you the most times in top five award voting. They show you the most time in top five leaderboards, but not in, uh, not in the awards voting. Um, he came in uh, fifth in Calder voting in his, in his first season. Uh, he, it wasn't, he had a great playoff, but his regular season that year was fine. Um, he also has, despite having three business, he also has the most Jennings ever tied for the most Jennings ever. Um, uh, five over the course of 15 years, which once again, like you were saying, Bill is a testament to how he, he never declined. The fact that he has a Jennings in 87 and another one in 02 um, <laughs> sure makes it look like he never really got that much worse, right? Yeah. Um, Hockey Reference ranks him as a top five overall player in the entire league six separate times and a top 10 player eight times. So that's pretty damn good. He was the best goalie in 1990 by point shares. He was, he's one of only 10 goalies to be in the top five in GPS uh, 10 times. And he's one of only six goalies to be in the top 10 for 15 out of his ni- uh, 19 seasons. My God. Which is just like, if there is an argument for Waugh being the greatest goalie of all time, which I don't, I'm not saying it's true. The fact that he had only four his career seasons, including the one he played only one game in, which he was out of the top 10 goalies, is like, you know, he'd be three quarters of his career, he was one of the best goalies in the league, basically, is what yeah. that's saying. So that's, and he had a long career for, as you, as you said, Bill, he had a longer career than some than some goalies. So, as evidenced by the fact that he is uh, fifth all-time in games played. Um, so he's got, like, Lots of other accomplishments. Um, he is one of only five goalies to uh, be in the top 10 and wins 16 times. He is one of only uh, eight goalies to have 35 wins uh, five times. Um, he led the league in shutouts. Despite not having that many regular season shutouts, he led the league in shutouts three times. I think it must be there were some years where he didn't have many. You know? Um I think it, he had way more shutout. Oh, no, I'm looking. At, yeah, he had years where he had one shutout, and then he had other years where he had nine. I don't know. Go figure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He had many years where he had one, one shutout. He had, um, he had five seasons where he had one shutout. And he was playing wonder, like 35 uh, games. Yeah, I, I wonder why that is. Like, did he always... Well, it was, it was like all... Goal, it was all Montreal. He was all... That was all Montreal years. Okay. So it was when there was more offense, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah. 
it was probably just harder to get it done, even as good as yeah. as good as the Habs typically were defensively. Like, yeah, somebody had to squeak one through eventually. He's also one of only 24 goalies to have five shutouts at least six times in a regular season. Um, and he's uh, he's um, uh, he's got the tenth most uh, seasons of shots against top ten shots against. He was in the top ten nine times in shots against, and that's among the most by any goalie. Um, he's tied for tenth, which uh, Hockey Reference only shows the top ten, so there might be lots of other people. Um, he's also uh, he was top ten in total saves ten times, which is only one of ten goalies again. Um, he led the league in save percentage four times. Only four goalies have ever done that. I didn't write down the others, but like Hashik would be one of them. Yeah. And it's worth noting, I, I don't know if we've mentioned this, Bill, um, but like hockey references data has been updated. So it used to be save percentage. Official NHL save percentage was tracked as of like 81. And someone has gone through the trouble of finding out the team stats because the teams were tracking it before that. And so now it goes back to the late 50s, I think. So um, being leading the league in save percentage four times and being one of only four goalies is now more impressive than it was when the data only went back to 81. Now that it goes back to 58 or whatever it is, it's far more impressive because there's, you know, the sample's bigger, um, I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, he's also one of only three goalies to be in the top 10 in save percentage. 15 times, which is just, I guess the others would be Esposito and probably Plant or somebody like that. But, um, and it just goes on like this. I mean, I, I could, there's so much more. I'll, I'll jump down to goal, save it above average, because that's sort of a, a an attempt at like cumulative, like, you know, impact. Yeah. Uh, so he he led the league three times in goal save it above average. He's one of only seven goalies. He's top five ten times, one of only five goalies. And he, sorry, top five ten times. Top ten 16 times. So that is almost every season he was in the league, and it is the most ever. Um, and there's no there's no real comparison there. Uh, yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah, and then the other thing is that um, hockey's future, the hockey history boards on hockey's future have a, uh, they've calculated, Hockey Reference has an adjusted. No, sorry, I'm I'm getting confused. Hockey's Future, Hockey History Board. They have done calculations to adjust for a peak, a goalie peak, which I can't remember the calculation, but basically they take a certain the peak of the goalie's career. I, I can't remember how many seasons it is, and rank them all time, adjusting for era. And in in that calculation, Y is eighth all time in GAA and fourth all time in save percentage. So, um. That is good. Lastly, we have the fact that he won some cups. Yep. <laughs> and, and also some uh, con two consmites. So he won four cups, as we know. Um, and he uh, he won the consmite in uh, 2001. And uh, when he led the playoffs and wins shots against, saves, save percentage, goals against, average, and shutouts. And he also won infamously, famously, whatever you want to call it, in 93, when he only led in save, wins and saves, but he was also the goalie in the record 10 straight overtime wins for those Habs. Yes, he Which was. The I think the defining memory that everyone has of the 1993 Habs is that. Yeah, streak. it's ridiculous. Every overtime yeah. game they won, like, just there's no chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So that is also, I would say, it's that is like exhibit A, I think, when it comes to like arguing. Um, well, it's playoff as performances in general, but that that streak in particular, exhibit A, in terms of uh, people arguing that he's one of the best, if not the best goalie ever, is because that was like no one had really ever seen that before. Um, he also uh, he of course won two other cups. Uh, he was the best goalie in '86. The best player. He uh, he didn't win the consummate that year because Hextall won it. I don't. I have not looked at uh, their stats to see whose was better. But if you give me a second, <laughs> I can. Um, no, not Hextall. That was a different year, wasn't it? Won the consummate in '86 then. Uh, 86 would have been Roy. 87 would have been Hextall as the losing goalie. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm... Uh, oh, I'm an idiot. I Yeah. Sorry. I In my notes, I yeah, he did win the Consumite in 86. I don't know why I got confused in that. In my notes, it doesn't say that, which is silly, because he did. <laughs> that makes way more sense. I was like, how did he not win the Consumite? Because he won the Consumite. That's how. Um, and then... Uh, you know, he was on some uh, other uh, pretty uh, great teams. Uh, he, of course, went to a, a final in '89, and yes. and that was that was closer. Like that Flames team was unbelievable, and that was still a pretty close final. Yeah, Bill, you mentioned uh, that he he they sort of needed him in the, in '96 as well. Um, the the Habs or not the Habs, the Abs. Uh, but um, he didn't have like the absolute dominant uh, playoffs that he did in uh, in 01 and 93 and 86. Um, but he still had a, it's not like he had a bad playoff. No, not at all. And then he was also he was in another uh, Cup final in 02, which they lost, um, where he did not have the greatest numbers. Yeah, um, I I think I think he won that Conn Smythe in uh, 96. Um, largely based on how amazingly he played against Florida because Florida was coming in as a trap team, right? And they're just like, we've got Van Beesbrook and Nets and like every game is going to finish one nothing or 2-1. And I, th- I think, I think was shut out like the last... Oh, it's a uh, Sackick one, the 96 one. Oh, Sackick won that one? Yeah. That's the year he scored like 30-something uh, okay, okay. points in the playoffs. 34. Okay, so, so, so Roy won it in 2001. Yes. When he um, had a like phenomenal... Uh, playoff like he okay. his save percentage in 2001 was like 930 something i think wow but that was also 2001 so okay i was i was trying to come up with the reason why raw one yeah. might have won at 96 <laughs> that was all because i just remember him shutting out the end of that series like where uh it's like that really famous quote where because florida was uh was pelting down the rats that year because scott mellonby had killed a rat and then they went on a big winning streak um yeah I'm sure Peter was thrilled with that, but apparently there was a rat in the old arena and came running across and he just, you know, out of reflex, like whacked it with his hockey stick and killed it. And, uh, and then that became like the team mask, like mascot basically. And they were just pelting the other team with rats every time they scored a goal. And uh, you can see like every other goalie would kind of go hide in his net so he wouldn't get hit with them. And Roy just stands there and he's like taking them right off the helmet. And he had that big like neck protector thing. Yeah, and it was like hills and bouncing up, and you could just tell he was just steaming. And apparently, one of his teammates came by and was like, 
You know, like this is interesting with the rats and he's just like no more rats. And he didn't let in another goal the rest of the series. <laughs> like they were just like, it just pissed him off and he just played even better. Like, oh boy. <laughs> so I thought maybe that was uh, contributing to po- possibly, but I, I must have the years mixed up in my head because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it has. Um, so yeah, years. he's also, he, yes, he's also, he was also in a few other uh, conference finals in, in 2000 in, uh, 99, 2, oh, 03, sorry. No, 97, my mistake. Um, but funnily enough, and not funnily enough because he just played in the playoffs basically almost every year he was in the league, uh, he has no international success. And that is yeah. because from 86 through 2003, he missed the playoffs a total of, I think, several times. So yeah. that, will, that will have something to do with it. And, of course, the Olympics uh, didn't come until. Uh... Oh, he does. He was a... no, no. He was on the '98 Olympic team who, who lost. Yes, he was. Yeah, but, yeah and too old for 2002. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember some people blaming him on that. They're like, "Oh, you know, Hasek stopped all the." I'm like, "Dude, the guy put the puck off the post and in. Like, no goal stopping that. It was a perfect shot. Like, yeah. stopped all the other ones." <laughs> so. Um... But the big question, which we can talk about later, um, or or now, is uh, is you know where he ranks all time, um, or at least of his era, um, and it's I mean it's I mean I think he certainly has a very strong case. It, it's one of those things where like his regular season peak was not like he he was you could argue though he won. Malt for Vesnas, you could argue that, like, by some metrics, he was only the best goalie a couple times, not four times, in the regular season. But then in the playoffs, he was the best goalie a lot. And he also played at an elite level for a very uh, long time, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, three, I, I said two times. Three times where you could argue he's the best goalie. So yeah, that actually matches his Vesnas. He got three Vesnas, my mistake. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, there there are definitely goalies who who have more of those seasons where they were the best. But like, he's got the longevity, and then he's got these playoff runs where you're, you're like, especially the '93 one, yeah, where it's just like nobody else had ever done anything like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and if if you go, if you even just go back and watch the uh, the '86, they had a first round series against the Rangers, and like, it's every save is like a ten bell save. Like he just played out yeah. of his mind. It's like wow, he's just he's the guy. Well, he had, a, he had a 923 save percentage in 86. 86 was, I think, the highest scoring regular season in NHL history. It was one of two of them. Uh, it's that or 93 or 82. I can never remember which one. Um, yeah. So having a 923 save percentage in those playoffs is uh, something. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he burst onto the scene and then basically was, a, you know, had he not, you know, had they not had the infamous blow up in Montreal when the Red Wings were shellacking them and the rest of the Habs kind of quit playing and the coach got mad at the players and sort of was like, oh, I'm going to leave him in there. You guys want to embarrass your teammate? Maybe you should play better. And Roy was just so mad. He basically demanded a trade. And it was like, wow, that backfired. Good job, yeah. Mario Tromley. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but otherwise he probably would have played with the Habs for his entire career, one would assume. And, yeah. um, you know, he you know who knows maybe maybe they win a couple more cups if he stays there because like that 93 team they hadn't lost a lot of those pieces yet um you know they had a little bit of changeover but like a lot of that core was still there and then uh, the Habs haven't been good since 
I, it's funny. In my notes, I forgot to mention the trade. I don't know why. Um, so I guess we should mention it. Uh, it is uh, kind of hilarious because it is Colorado gets Waugh and Mike Keene and Montreal gets uh, Andre Kovalenko, Martin Chinsky, and uh, Tebow. Um, so uh, that didn't work out great for Montreal, as you said. Although Jocelyn Tebow eventually did once he went through those goalie growing pain years. And I mean, you're replacing a surefire Hall of Famer. Like he, he couldn't win with the Montreal media. No, no. But no, he eventually no. did become like a like a very good goalie when he was playing for Chicago. Well, no. he had uh, he had a few he had a, a good season or two. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't much, but I remember like there was like two years where everybody's like, is this, he's finally here. Like he's like elite now. Like yeah. he was really good those two seasons. And then kind of, yeah. I think some injuries took their tolls and that kind of stuff, but at least he eventually realized his potential and sort of showed like, yes, I am capable of being a true number one goalie. So yeah. not, not that that makes it hurt any less for Habs fans, but just, you know, he, it wasn't like he was some, you know, bum thrown into the deal. He actually did have a ton of potential. Um, and Kovalenko, well, I mean, probably a more useful player on any team but Colorado because they were so stacked. Um, so yeah. he was like an extra piece they could afford to give away. And even, he played okay in Montreal, but not great. And Rajinsky was in Montreal for a while, and he was a it's solid NHLer. Um, of course, then Martin Rajinsky also, every time he played for the Czech Republic, would like play way better than he ever did for the Habs, <laughs> which pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, you, like you're trading three pieces for two. Keen, I don't know why they threw in Keen because Keen was a really useful player, multiple cup winner. But um, you know, Patrick Roy, like you're, it's a Hall of Famer. You got to get more than that in the deal, you know. Like they, but yeah. the thing is, the whole league saw the blow up, so they knew like the Habs were, you know, desperate. Yeah, they were not in a good bargaining position. They really weren't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, up next we have Martin Brodeur, um, who I'm going to call Martin probably more than once, and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> But it's going to happen. Yeah. You should just uh, go with Marty and then all the, the problems. Marty, yeah, I'll just go with Marty. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, uh, so I, I have, I have um, a confession to make. And this confession is, is embarrassing, but it also has an explanation. So the embarrassing confession is that at one point, I was one of those people who argued that Broder was better than Wong. Oh. Here is my defense. I watched way 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 more devil's hockey than i ever watched of the of the avalanche i watched playoff avalanche periodically i yeah. watched the devils all the time in part because the leafs kept fucking playing them in, <laughs> um not, and not just not just playing them riley losing to them yes losing <laughs> and and particularly dumping the puck in to Bradur, who would then fire it back out on seemingly yep. seven possessions in a row, sometimes it felt like. Anyway, oh, they, they invented the whole rule because Bruder was so good at playing that yeah. puck, like you just couldn't win against him. Yeah. So because of that, I had this stupid take when I was like, I don't know, twenty-eight or something. Um, and I have since learned that I'm an idiot. Um, but my reasoning is that I just saw him play more, right? And the other thing is that as much as uh, I was watching the Leafs in 1993. I wasn't mm-hmm. watching the Habs. I didn't watch that, those games. So it didn't, because I was a Leafs fan in 1993. I was not a hockey fan. I was a Leafs fan. Yeah. And because of that, 
and because I didn't watch the final because I was so mad about what happened in the Maple Leafs, I didn't see any of this, uh, of the legendary uh, performances. And so when it came time, when Brodeur passed Waugh on the all-time win list, I was like, you see? <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize to anyone who listened to me at that time or, or had to listen to me. I'm sorry. It was a stupid take. I know it was a stupid take. Um, I've since seen all the evidence and realized how wrong I was. Uh, it helped also that there was, I don't know, I can't remember what game it was. There was some international game where Broder had a bad game where I was like, ooh. Uh, I don't remember what that game was. but uh, Yeah, I can't remember. What the, the, uh, there's been a couple of times where Team Canada would play like really crappy in the first game of the Olympics or, you know, like sort of just... And that, you know, the other teams like amped up to play them in Canada. It's like, oh, we got a whole bunch of guys together, but they've never really played together. They're just, yeah. in the, well, it doesn't always work out. So, yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, that also, that happened to Cujo, which uh, we may yep. talk, um, where he got shelled in a game and then lost his spot to Berder. Um But, but I, I remember, I, I can't remember what game it is. I just remember watching a, a, a bad game he had internationally for Canada where I was like, this is the guy, Riley, that you're insisting to other people is the best goalie in history. Maybe one think this take or not best goalie in history, but of his era. Aside from Hashik. Uh it was yeah. it was more like it was better than Wall was the and I think it was partly because it was just like it was a I was I was in that stage of my life where it was prone to um contrarian takes and you know oh. it was a, it was fun or something. I've since learned that, that is <laughs> by the way yeah. Contrarian takes are stupid. You should grow out of them if you have them. I'm, this is just in, we're recording this in October 2020. And if for some reason you feel compelled, I'm sorry for the deviation of politics, but if you feel compelled to vote for somebody to be a contrarian, just don't fucking vote and save the rest <laughs> of us time because it's stupid. It's stupid to decide that you want the world to fall apart just so you can have a contrarian take. It's ridiculously stupid. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, we're inundated lately yes. with yes. Uh, the U.S. presidential election. Um, yes, it's so it's distracting all of us wonderfully from the absence of hockey now that the final's over. Yeah. Um, so Bruder played longer than Wadid, of course, uh, but he, funnily enough, had one less season as a starter, as a full-time starter, I should point out. Um, he did end up, he sort of lost his starting job in New Jersey there at the end. He was like a 1A in 2013. Or he might have been hurt. I honestly don't remember. Um, so uh, he's first all-time in wins. He is also first all-time in losses, though. Um, and he is first all-time in games played, as we expect, in minutes. He's first all-time in shutouts. He actually, regular season shutouts, has preposterously more than Wa does, uh, which is probably, he has like double. And I think, I presume that was one of the things that I would be harping on when I got in arguments with people. Is like he has doubled the shutouts. Of course, that's regular season, regular season playoff shutouts. He uh, he has uh, only a couple more, I think. So it, it really, yeah, he has one more in the playoffs, <laughs> but he's got double in the regular season. So, um, and of course, as we we were gonna have to confront at some point during this this conversation, the fact that he had a team system built to help him succeed. But anyway, um, that's true. However. Um, you know, a, a lot of people would point to that and like, oh, you know, he had such a good team around him, so he was never be like, yeah, he always seemed to make that really big save, though. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I, I feel like just because you, because if you're going to say that about Roy, the Canadians were, you know, a pretty consistent contender for the Jennings trophy, you know, all through the time Roy was there, even though they played in an offensive era, the Habs are built around defense with, you know, yeah. Haney and Carbono and, yeah. uh, you know, they, they were built that way. So it's, yeah. you know, you could, you could kind of say the same about Roy you only ever played on good teams. Yeah. So, so Bruder is second all-time in goalie point share, so he is ahead of Patrick Waugh, but of course he also has more wins than Patrick Waugh, and Patrick and wins contribute to that. It's worth noting that Waugh is ahead of him in goals saved above average. Um, well, I thought he was. Maybe he isn't, actually. I could be wrong about that. Um, sometimes I uh, do not take the best... No, he he is. Why are the numbers not lining up? Let me just double check this. <laughs> uh, maybe you maybe you converted yeah, it to something is. else. No, no, I, I I there's a typo in the Patrick Waugh file because I was looking at the number and I was like, um, why why is Waugh's number lower even though it says he's higher? And yeah, Patrick Waugh is way ahead of him and goes goal save above average. He has double over his entire career. So that um, again, this is a calculation, but it does suggest that somebody was more important to his team than somebody else. Um, yes. His career save percentage is 912, which is, of course, higher than was. His VA is lower than was, but it's worth noting that Broder began his career in 91 and not in 85 or 84, whenever Patrick Law first played. Um, so, draft. Let's look at the draft. Uh, Broder was drafted in the first round. Which is crazy. Yes, well, number twenty, right? Imagine, yeah. Imagine drafting a goalie in the first round. <laughs> um, if you go by point shares, uh, he is actually the second best player in the draft by total point shares. Yager has come back, came out of retirement, and went by him. Wow. Um, but like goalie wise, uh, Broder is far and away the uh, Potvin is the next best goalie. Um. It's it's Brodeur, Pavan, um, Mike Dunham, um, Trevor Kid, and then uh, Turek are the uh, are the goalies from this draft. So uh, there's no real competition for Brodeur. The childhood least fan in me is like yes, which is a really stupid thing to say, because um, uh, Brodeur has twice as many wins as Pavan. He has a higher save percentage. He has a lower GAA. He has almost double the point shares so you know had a much better career um top top five-ish players in this draft and point shares are yager verdure zubov kachuk and Popin. so not quite as good as was draft but still a pretty solid draft there's a whole bunch of other players down here that names i recognize bondra sador nolan Waite, uh slava kozlov hatcher Robert Lang, Jeff Sanderson, Damnov, Nedved, Smolensky, uh, Keith Primo, Craig Conroy, Mike Ritchie. There's a lot of names. Or as Deadspin would say, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's the far and away best goalie, and you could argue whether he's the best player or not. I think we'd both say Yager, and I would, I would argue people over Zubov, because um, I'm a Zubov truther. But that's another story. Um, Era-wise, uh, if you if you move if you shift the era to ninety-one to twenty fifteen in the same games requirement, 
Broder is first in virtually everything except for save percentage, in which he is 11th, shockingly. And GAA, in which he's second in goal save above average, which he is somehow fourth, despite being first in games and minutes and wins and all those things. So that does suggest something. It, you know, that he wasn't the most dominant um, ever. His 82-game average is 31, 18, and 7, with six shutouts. So that's like, shutout-wise, he was just racking up the regular season shutouts compared to Bruder, or Wah, sorry. Yeah. I think um, that just has to do with the the, uh, the switch in eras, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But um, also the style of play with the Devils where they were, you know, extremely defensively oriented where, like, you know, a one nothing victory for them was almost better than a 5-1 win, you know? <laughs> um, his, uh, his three-year peak occurred near the end of his career, and that is in part, I guess, because of the change in the game, but that doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. Um, whereas a uh, hilarious 45, 24, and 7, because that's when he was playing, like, you know, 70 games a season, um, which he did for a long, long time. But, like, there's one year he played 78. You know, like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he, would, he had seven shutouts a season, approximately. His save percentage was 918. Uh Roughly 231 GAA and 26-ish goal saves above average per season, which is good, but not, like, mind-blowing. It's so good. Um, his playoff numbers, he is second in wins to Patrick Waugh, of course. Uh, he is uh, second in losses, also to Patrick Waugh. He is first in shutouts, but like I said, only one ahead of Waugh. He is 22nd all-time in save percentage. His GAA, he's, he's like, two, 209, I think, or two, or something like that, so better than Waz, but that's, again, that's the era change. Um, he's first in minutes, he's first in games played, and his adjusted, it's worth noting, if you adjust for era, his GAA, he is 10th, or sorry, he's 9th, so he's behind Wa in adjusted GAA, and in sa adjusted save percentage, he's not even a top 25, which is something Whoa. to think about. Yeah, If anyone was, say, trying to argue he was the best goalie of his era, like I used to, because turns out maybe not. <laughs> he has four business, which uh, is uh, more than one. Um, in fact, off the top of my head, I don't know how many. If that's it's not the most ever, because um, I think Plant has the most ever, but Plant has them as Jennings, so it might be the most ever. In the, no, no, it's it's so he is tied for the uh, fifth most ever, along with um, <laughs> Michelle Rock. <laughs> wow. Well, well, it was Jennings. He won it as a Jennings, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ari Sawchuk, who won as a Jennings, and Tiny Thompson, who won as a Jennings. And then ahead of them are Dryden, Hashik, Dernan, who won. Uh, both Dryden and Dernan and Plant all won it as Jennings, whereas Hashik won it as a real award, which it, it really makes him first. Yeah. If you're being fair. I would um, say so. But incredibly, Broder had another nine top five finishes in voting. Like he was, a, he was a Vesna finalist 13 out of um, 22 seasons. Yeah. Wow. Which is I mean, crazy. I mean, he was consistently one of the best in the league, right? If you, you, you can, 
you can sort of nitpick as to whether he was the number one goalie in the league for, you know, parts of that stretch, but he was definitely in the top five goalies in the league pretty much his entire career. Like, you'd be very hard-pressed to put another two or three goalies above him, even, even you know, pretty much the only guys most of the time were either Raw or Hasek, right? So, um, yeah. Well, I think you know. one of the things, one of the things that we, as a, as a hockey fan, them, and writers and everyone took a long time to digest is like how important like volume of shots is too. And like quality as well with quality, like nobody knew anything about that back then. But like, I think one of the things is it was easy to look at the raw, you know, GAA, especially, I mean, there was for years, people didn't even understand that GAA was a team stat, you know? Yeah. People would say, Ooh, GAA is low. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's not just the goalie. And even now, in this day and age, when people are getting more and more sophisticated, people are even saying save percentage is a team stat. Um, yeah. But, like, one of the things that I think people often got neglected in Vesna voting in the past, I don't know if it still does, is, like, volume of shots, right? You, mm-hmm. There are guys who would face, like, way more shots than, uh, than other players and, like, get no consideration for the Vesna because their, like, save percentage wasn't... was like a few points lower than the leader of the league. But meanwhile, they're facing like a thousand more shots a season. And you're like, yeah, wait a minute. You know, like, but I think that that wasn't a thing that people thought about a lot. Um, the thing is, I, I bring that up because um, he, Broder never led the league in shots against ever. And he, he was only top five three times and he only led the league in saves once in his entire career. Man, <laughs> he did not because of his situation. He did not get shelled, and there is something, as we will talk about with our next goalie, there is something to, uh, you know, to the fact that you're on a team that doesn't force you to get shelled that helps you out. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, he also won the Jennings five times, which is, I believe, more than Wa, or did Wa win them five or six times? Oh no, they both won it five times. Um, which is like the most ever. Uh, also, Bruder won the Calder, so he's he's one up on Wa there as well. Um, Bruder was the best player by any point share in 2007. He was obviously the best goalie that year too, and he was a uh, top five goalie five times, top ten goalie eleven times, which is a fair amount, but not as many as Patrick Wa, who was 15 times. Um, he. Uh, he led the league and wins nine times, which is one of the big like things that people will say to say he's one of the best ever, right? He he just he had a preposterous number of uh that's the most times a goalie has ever led the league and wins, of course, wins are a team stat. Um he was also top five fourteen times in wins, which is the second most ever behind Terry Sawchuk, and he's top ten fifteen times, which is sixth most ever. He's also the only player to have 45 wins twice in a season, but that happens when you play 78 games, right? Yeah. Like nobody else did that. So no wonder he has those things. Um, He had 40 wins eight times, which is not only the most ever, but it's more than double the next guy on that list. But that's what happened. He was the, the thing you can say about Brodeur more than anything else is he played a ton. Yes, he did. With, without, without a drop off in quality, really, like yeah, well, until he was in his forties. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, you know, forty-year-old goalie usually there's going to be some uh, going to be a little wear and tear on you at that point. I guess. 
Um, he led the league five times in shutouts, which is third, tied for third ever. Um, top five, ten times, which is only ten goalies ever, and top ten, fifteen times, only six goalies ever. So you know that that's not a surprise. He had a ton of shutouts. He had a couple years where he had he had ten shutouts four times. Sorry, which is like at least ten shutouts, which is the most ever. And he had five shutouts at least twelve times, which is the most ever. Um, he led the league in GA once. Uh, and he was top 10 14 times, which is one of only eight players. Uh, he also was, uh, he, he got his GAA under 2.5 18 times. So that's 18 out of 22 seasons. And not only is that the most ever, but it's the most by seven seasons. The next person on that list is at, at 11. Wow. So again, GAA is a deep yeah. stat. Yeah. Well, the, those, those, those Devils teams were like, basically impossible to score on yeah 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 i mean they are i mean they're the reason one of the reasons the rules changed yeah uh broder and the devils are a huge if 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 you are a fan that has only watched the game in the 21st century broder and the devils are a huge reason for the rule changes Um, yeah basically the, the the taking the red line out and you know, the, the putting the trapezoid in where the goalie can't play it is basically all because of Ritter and the Devils. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that that should, in, in considering his case as one of the greats of all time, that I think that's something to think about, right? They had to change the, the rules of the sport to accommodate yeah. these guys or to not accommodate them, to make it harder for them. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, oh, there's a whole bunch of other examples. Um Let's not. I was going to go off into basketball. I was like, yeah, let's stop. <laughs> uh, so it's worth noting, though, um, that though he uh, led the league twice in goals, saved was hockey's hockey references attempt to find the best goalie in the league. Um, he also never had like an insane uh, goal saved above average season. And some of that has to do with the time he played in, like. The, the calculation gets more impressive, I think, the more offense exists in the league. Um, so, like, the best ever goal saved above average seasons occurred in the, like, uh, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. But, like, he did lead the league in it twice, but he also never, um, like, his best ever season was, like, he saved 36 goals above average, which, as we will see with Cujo, is not as many as you can when you have a really good season. Um, yeah. So that's worth thinking about. Uh, but he he was a minute eater. He led the league in in uh, in minutes seven times, which is the most ever. He also um, he also played forty five hundred regular season goalie minutes three times, which is only one of uh, three players to even make it to forty five hundred um, minutes. I think um, he was in lots of All Star game. Though, sorry, he was he was a first team All Star three times, second team four times. Nine All-Star game appearances, lots and lots of stuff. Um, his peak is his adjusted peak, rather that the the hockey future calculation. His save percentage is only 13th all time, but it's still you know up there. And he's 15th all time in something called goals versus average, which is just how how they fared as a, at their peak. So lastly, um, we have uh, his. His teams, his great teams, um, he won one less cup than Watt, as everybody knows. Uh, and he also, if I'm not mistaken, did not win a Conn Smythe, whereas Watt, of course, has three. Um, so 
he was probably you could argue uh, even though he didn't win it, you could definitely argue he won he was the best player on some of those devil teams right like um they were I would so, say so yeah yeah like especially in 95 because he he led the playoffs in save percentage in 95 um in 2000 he led the playoffs in goals against average and then in 2003 he didn't lead them in either but uh he definitely these are defense first teams um and uh that uh you know it, i mean i'm not saying necessarily that the players who did did win those consumites shouldn't win them i mean uh in 2003 it was of course the losing goalie yeah um but like and it's weird. It's weird to look back at like 2000 now because like I don't think if that series happened now, like Scott Stevens would necessarily win the Conn Smythe. Um, <laughs> no, probably not, considering yeah. he nearly killed someone. Yeah, yeah. I think we would have a different view of that now. He might, in if that series was played now, it might be Broder getting it. But um, anyway, uh, he still he had these. He had these pretty strong playoffs. Like, of course, Dubois, he has he has Olympic success in uh, as the starter that he took over the job from Cujo in 2002, and as a backup in 2010. And then he had some uh, World Cup success. He was, of course, uh, the starter when Canada Cup in 04. Um, and uh, he also um, won some silvers at the World Championships because, unlike Wa, he did occasionally. Uh, missed the playoffs, and I think also they got eliminated the first round a few times. So then he went to the World Championships and you know won some silvers. So so the big question, Bill, is he uh, you know is he uh, better than Patrick? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I wouldn't put him above Patrick Roy, uh, Patrick Roy, but um. I think, you know, he, he happened to play in an era with two of the other all-time great goalies like Hasek and Ross. So he's, he's, uh, he's kind of being uh, overshadowed a little bit. Um, in terms of, like, longevity and consistency, I would say only Roy really uh, can, can even sort of be in that conversation with him. But, um, you know, I, I don't think he should be punished for having played on the defensive-minded and great team. You know, he... He always seemed to make the big save. He changed the game in the way it was played and where like now being a good puck handling goalie matters a lot more than it used to. Um, You know, a lot of goalies never used to even come out, touch the puck. And you were lucky if they stopped it behind the net for you, you know, like, and then I I remember watching a video of Hashik skate once and it was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, like the the main job of a goaltender is to stop the puck. Was Britter the best at that? He's definitely in the conversation, but I, I, unless you're a Devils fan, I don't think you can put him above Raw or even Hashik from his era. Um, but the consistency is remarkable. Um, and, you know, he, he won big moments, right? Like, he won a gold medal. He won uh, four cups. Is it four cups? Three cups. Three cups. Three cups. Three cups. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, he, he even, even in uh, 2012 when they were playing uh, the, the Kings, he played really, really well in that series. Um, and he was quite an age by then. So, I mean, he, uh, I, I don't see any reason to not consider him among the best goalies that, that have ever played. 
and certainly for his era, uh, he's definitely in my mind, uh, you know, a top three goalie. Therefore, should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, well, yeah, you know, he I, definitely I should looking, be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I guess where I've sort of as as I've gotten further and further away from his career, the more I've looked at like the numbers and been like, you know what, like they are less impressive than I thought they were when I was a broader truther, you know, like, yeah, yeah. To me, I really did think he was the greatest goalie ever for a little while, which is stupid because I watched Hajek. So I don't know how that happened, but like, um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I went through a phase and like, I think it was just recency bias in part because I'd been watching him more than anyone else. And Hashik had yeah. you know declined and yeah. uh, raw was retired. And, you know, it yeah. was just like, um, but I do think yeah, that there's, to, to me, there's no question he was elite his entire career. So, I mean, yeah. you know, did did did, um, did Roy and Hashik have more spectacular performances? Obviously, um, they were they were flashier goalies. Berdur made a lot of saves that, you know, he was just sort of already in position. Um, he did he did make the occasional really flashy save, but he never faced as much uh, rubber as a lot of those other yeah. goalies. So it never seemed like, oh man, the Devils are really in trouble here, and he's going to bail them out. It was yeah. like the Devils are going to lock this down. There's only going to be five shots, and one of them will be a one. There'll be one really good scoring chance, and if he stops that, they're going to win the game. And basically, yeah. that's what it would be, you know. But he always seemed to make the big save at a big moment, right? Even um, when Team Canada finally broke through in Salt Lake, uh, a lot of people forget this because they're like, "Oh, it could have been Bruder, or you know, it could have been Cujo. Like we would have won no matter who was in that. Like no, Bruder made a save off of." Uh, Brett Hall, they fed him a one-timer down low when the game was still 3-2, and, like, the Americans were right there with them. And yeah. I don't know how I don't know how he got it. was a Brett Hall one-timer from his favorite spot, and he got somehow got the toe of his skate on it, and I don't know how he stopped it. Like it was I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was a great yeah, yeah. save. And yeah. everybody forgets about that because then Canada blew the game open. But if they tie it up 3-3, who knows, right? So um, yeah, yeah. I, he always I seemed like, to be there for that timely save. I was so... I was so tense in that for that game. Oh that, my god, like, me too. <laughs> that like I remember like the game was almost over and someone was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Like it's not over not yet. yet. Not so yet. They were up to, not they were yet. Up. I'm a Leafs fan. We might still blow this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, to me, I think I I don't know where he ranks all time anymore. I can't decide. But like, I I think the the thing that does get you were talking about how he gets overlooked a bit and i think the thing that really does get overlooked is like how as you said bill how important his puck handling was not just to the devil's success but to the modern goalie you know yeah. like you don't you need like there were puck handling there were good puck handling goalies before Bruder, of course but he made it a part of an effective like team system in a way that nobody had before that really is like something that you know, I don't think gets enough credit when they're talking about him because, like, he really, especially with, like, a dump-and-chase team like the Leafs, it felt at times like there were three defensemen, at least when the Leafs were playing uh, offense. You yeah. know? It was so annoying. It was so... <laughs> and it felt like they could yeah. never do anything, you know, yeah, because... Suffocating defense, yeah. Because they... And, I mean, it. Some of this is just on Leafs coaches and other dump and chase coaches who could have just figured out a different way of getting the puck into the zone. But <laughs> given that they didn't, um, it was very, and uh, it's certainly my, my during memory of Berger 
is not like a fancy toe save or anything like that. It is literally just like the Leafs dumping it in for the nth time and him going out and getting it and like no rush happened basically because of that and me being extraordinarily frustrated with Pat Quinn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my memory of Bruder. It's yeah, like, well, it's not, like, it's not like any other team really figured out. No, that trap, I, you know? I know. It wasn't just Quinn's fault, but, like, he was the Leafs coach, so. Was, yeah. But, um, the, yeah. The Leafs' problems during that era were always that they'd, they'd find two guys that, you know, they'd, they'd bring, you know, the carcass of some guy who, you know, was, you know, had about two years left in him for his entire career and try to put him on Sundin's wing to try to give him some help. And it was like, why don't you, why don't you trade for like a bona fide superstar yeah, then yeah. instead? It took, and you could spend unlimited money back then. They should have signed yeah. every free agent. No, it was so dumb. <laughs> and then when they finally did, they decided to get it for like back injury Alex McGillney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Anyway, that's another story. So speaking of the Leafs, segue. We have... Yeah. Um, Despite being a Broder Truther at one point in my life, my favorite goalie for a good chunk of time was Cujo. Um, so I am going to try to not be super, super biased about him. Um, <laughs> I also like Cujo. Like, I'm not his greatest fan, but he was so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I I, uh, I just, my, despite, like, knowing, like, looking at the actual data and seeing, you know, um, like, things like... Uh, a 907 save percentage in 99 when the uh, Leafs went to the uh, um, went to the Leafs, the first of the two times the Leafs went to the conference finals with Mats. I look at that. I know objectively that that is not a good number for 1999. And yet, my memory of all of that time of those Leafs teams is that now he had other years, 2000. Uh, and 2001 in particular, where he was just like stand on his head. But like that, what I'm saying is that's what I remember. I remember like stand on his head, Cujo. I don't remember the like years where he wasn't standing on his head. And it yeah. did feel like he, uh, he really, um, like it, it just felt like whether or not there's actually evidence for it, it felt like he got, because of the style of play the Leafs had, that he got shelled. And this is, factually correct of Cujo on the Blues. He got shelled to a degree that was like you know, he led the league in shots against twice. Yeah. Um, and led the league in saves three times in a row uh, when he was on the Blues. But um, it did feel like he got shelled in Toronto and like one of the reasons he didn't get any respect as far as we were concerned, though he did finish second in Vesna voting once, so um, was a uh, was that like people didn't understand the degree to which he got shelled. But yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know how true that actually is. It just, it felt like it at the time. Yeah. It was always um, watching a Cujo game was always um, a lot of fun and sort of, you would just remark it like he's getting no help here. Like he's the yeah. only guy keeping his team in the game. And that's, it's part of what made him so fun to watch. And it's like his, Actually, the uh, just during the recent uh, pandemic playoffs that we had, um, they actually uh, posted like a, a remarkable stat, and they said because uh, there was a game where Demko made like a ridiculous amount of saves, um, and they said that Demko had stopped like the most shots in one playoff game since uh, since uh, Cujo stopped like 
48 or whatever in, uh, in uh, way back when he was with uh, the Blues. Um, okay. So cool. it's like, yeah, it had been that long since a goalie had performed like that, where he's just absolutely getting shelled and stopping everything you throw at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, he had some games where it felt like he got no, you know, the, the, his, his players had just decided to like, you know, do whatever. Oh, and like we're just gonna let you stop the puck, and then like we'll we'll try to score. We'll clear uh, it if you're yeah. lucky. <laughs> yeah. So he has uh, the seventh most wins all time. It's worth noting, of course, he is not in the Hall of Fame. He was I pointed out, 19 seasons, 13 as a starter. Uh, basically, the tail end of his career, in particular, he was sort of turned into a bit of a journeyman. Um, you know, he was he lost his starting job to Hashik on Detroit, and then he like went around and and played for some uh, not great teams. Like he was on Phoenix, so he was a starter on Phoenix and then he was on Calgary and then he was back on the Leafs at the very end. And so he didn't, unlike, unlike why he did not figure out when he should quit. Um, so <laughs> he is seventh all time in wins, which would make you say, why is he in the hall of fame? And to that, almost everybody in the world who is not a fan of Cujo says he's third all time in losses. Um, and that is with being sixth in games played. So that, doesn't feel right. He does have a, he does have more losses than he should probably. Uh, he has 51 shutouts all time, which is not in the top 25. He's six in minutes played, as well as six all time games. He's ninth goalie all time in point shares, and he's 22nd all time in goal saved above average. Which, again, it's cumulative over a career, but says he's the 22nd best goalie ever. Of course, cumulative over the career. Goalie point shares is his ninth. Again, it's cumulative. So that. Hashik's going to be farther down that list. Dryden's going to be farther down that list. We both know, you know, there's no part of my Leafs fan soul from the 90s that thinks that Kuka <laughs> was better than either of those guys by any stance. You know, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you go for total career, he does. it's not like he doesn't have any case whatsoever. Like, there's a case. It's just, it's just mixed. Like, it is yeah. His save percentage uh, all time is, is 906. And that is, of course, lower than we would like. But, of course, he played the first chunk of his career, the first third of his career in a uh, – um, well, I'll give you an example. He led the league in save percentage in 93, and he had a 9-11 save percentage. So compare that to now, or especially yeah. to Hashik in 98 when he was leading the league with, like, 940 or 938 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, we are not talking about a draft today because Cujo is not was not drafted. He was a uh, amateur free agent for the Blues. Um, sorry, I just realized I I once again didn't. I don't know why I didn't write down any goalie trades. Um, <laughs> so for his era uh, of the 37 players to play in at least 410 games between 89 and 2009, so almost the same era as Broder. He's third in win- sorry, he's first in about half the stuff. He's third in wins, first in losses by over forty, fifth in um in the other things, ties and overtime losses and that nonsense. First in goals against, first in shots against, first in saves, sixteenth in save percentage, which is not good, sixteenth in GAA, which is not good, eighth in goals saved above average, which is much better, fifth in shutouts, third in minutes, and second games played. So he he played a lot and one might argue, if one was trying to make a case for Cujo, that one of the reasons that his numbers aren't as great as some others is that he played a lot for teams that didn't really care that much about defense. Uh, 
Um, you, the alternative case could be also, well, like, I mean, if he was really, really one of the best goalies ever, he would just have a higher save percentage anyway, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's easy, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that is, you know, that is an old school take because, of course, as we said a few minutes ago, people now even think of save percentages, team stat. Um, his 82 game average is is 24, 19, and 5, so not amazing. And that is a good indication of the quality of the teams he was playing for in terms of regular season wins and three shutouts. So same number of shutouts per season as Patrick Waugh. Um, fewer than Berdeer, of course. His three-year peak, 91-94, just like was, 31-24-10, and 10, that's better. Uh, one shutout per season, because apparently you didn't have a lot of shutouts. He didn't have a lot of shutouts. Like, all his shutouts are, like, backloaded to his, later in his career. Like, he had, he had, like, he had five shutouts in six seasons with the Blues. Wow. Yeah. Not a, for whatever reason, not a shutout. Like, that was one of the criticisms, right? He would let in weak goals. Um, sometimes that's a thing with the. Sometimes that's a thing with the goalie too, though. Um, some goalies, when they're being peppered with shots, they get really into it, and they're yeah. just like they're, they're in a groove, right? And some other goalies, some goalies like the, they'll often say, you know, when one team's dominating, the shots are like twelve to one, and they're like they'll talk about it on the broadcast, like, oh boy, that's got to be tough for him down the other end. He hasn't had a shot on net in eight minutes, yeah. like to keep his focus and yeah, keep yeah, yeah. warm. Like that's tough. So. Cujo, I think, was almost. There's almost some goalies who are better the more shots they get. You like, you almost just want to let them shoot just to get them into it. <laughs> it's Cujo was 100% that guy. I mean, I don't know yeah. if he would say that. When he was on the Leafs, it always felt that way to me. It always felt like the Leafs. You almost wanted the Leafs to give up 35 shots in a game because, like, yeah. that meant that, like, you know, Cujo was going to play well. Whereas, like, if they gave up 25, you're like, are we going to win this? You know, like, yeah, which is, which is a really weird thing, but like, yeah. that's, that's how it felt. So for his three year peak per season is, uh, his save percentage was nine eleven, GA 2.93, which sounds really high, but again, it was the early nineties and a very sparkling 46 goals saved above average per season, which is, let me tell you, that it's very, very good. Um, so that is one thing to think about. Uh, he is 13th all-time in uh, playoff wins. He is 5th all-time in playoff losses. He is 3rd time behind Waugh and Brodeur in playoff shutouts. Um, his playoff save percentage is only 917, but again, uh, there were some years where he had a sub-900 save percentage because he was playing in the early 90s, and most people did. Um and he had some bad, you know, he had a bad playoff. Like, in 95, he had an 865. Like, ooh, that's awful. Um, yeah. In other seasons. And then 93, he had 938. Go go fucking figure. Um, <laughs> so, and then uh, his adjusted GA is 294, which doesn't put him in the top 25 goalies ever. But I did want to point out, because I can't help myself, that his adjusted save percentage of 911 is slightly better than Broder's. So, na 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 na. <laughs> uh, and this is coming from a former Broder Truth. Uh, he doesn't have hardware, as uh, anyone who followed his career knows. He never won a Vesna. He never won a Jennings. He did finish top five in Vesna voting uh, five times. Um, that was primarily uh, he had two of those in St. Louis when he was by uh, at least at least in '93 by hockey reference standards he was the best goalie in the league. Um, at least by, uh, yeah, by both 
uh, goalie point shares and uh, goal save against average, but he only finished uh, third in Vesna voting. I think I don't know if that was one of the years that Wall won. Um, and then he had some uh, top five finishes for Edmonton and the Leafs as well. Uh, he was the best goal. Like I said, he was the best goalie uh, by point shares um, in the league three years in a row for St. Louis, 91 through 94. Um, he was the best player by point shares two of those seasons in 92 and 94. Um, he was a, a top 10 goalie by point shares eight times, so significantly less than Juan Berger. Um, he is far less, you know, he just has fewer overall accomplishments uh, compared to the previous two guys who are obviously have some of the most ever with regard to this. It is worth noting he he's top five in shots against eight times, one of only five goalies ever to do that. He got shelled. Save, same thing, top five, eight times, one of only five goalies ever. So I, I do think that that's something to think about with Ferrari Cujo is like he got shelled like only a few other goalies ever got shelled. And that is something I think we should keep in mind when thinking about his case because like Broder and Wadding get shelled like that. Now, they were arguably better goalies, but they also didn't get shelled like that. Um, so, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, he has a plus uh, 57 goal save above average season. He is one of only six goalies to ever do that. He has two plus 40 goal save above average seasons, one of only eight goalies ever. Um, if you if you lower it to 35, he's still one of only six players to do it three times. If you lower it to t- plus 20, he's one of only four, sorry, one of only 20 goalies to do that four times. So if you if you do like a more advanced stat calculation, goal save above average is the goals this goalie prevented given his save percentage and shot face versus the league average save percentage of the same number of shots. And uh, there is uh, no quality uh, differentiation there, obviously. But that advanced stat paints him as at least sometimes, you know, he had some really good years is what that says compared to, which like it's worth noting that despite Broder's impact on the game as a skater or sorry, as a handler and also his overall consistency that Broder never had a rubber stopping peak like Cujo did, despite the fact that Broder had way more team and arguably individual success than Cujo. Just, um, he did play a fair. He was only one of six players ever to uh, have four, play four thousand minutes five times. Broder did that twelve times. Oh boy! But, but that's the most <laughs> ever. And 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 yeah. the thing is, the guy, the second guy on that list, um, is like six times. So there was one season ahead of Cujo. So um, it's like Broder just did it so much more that it's not even a comparison. Yeah, yeah. So adjusted peak. Save percentage. Cujo is the 15th best goalie in terms of save percentage for adjusted peak all time, and 18th goals against goals versus average for peak. Now, again, I don't remember how many seasons the peak is, but that's something to think of. According to these advanced stat calculations, he is somewhere in the top 20, um, which is something to think about when people are saying he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, right? So uh, he has very little team success compared to either of these two guys. He was a starter on two conference final teams, the 99 and 02 Leafs, uh, despite having, say, the best save percentage in the playoffs in in 1993, that year that Waugh went crazy. Cujo had a better save percentage. His team didn't didn't get him there, though, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
he only went, I think he only played two rounds, but he had a 938 save percentage. He also had a, a incredible save percentage when he was 36 for Detroit. And I believe that year it was after maybe Hashik stopped playing for them. I can't remember. I'm looking up right now. No, he must have, he must have won the, no, Hashik must have been hurt or something because Hashik played in the regular season. But Cujo was the, the starter for most of the playoffs and we had a 939. It's funny, his two best his two best uh, playoff years in terms of save percentage, when he led the playoffs in save percentage, his team didn't score enough. So it's this, it's like the... Anyway, it's the story of his life, I guess. Um, he famously lost his job as the starter on the O2 uh, champion, Olympic champion Canadian team. Um, he also... Uh, he was the uh, starter on the uh, 96 World Cup team that, you know, we're all... Some of us were sad about. <laughs> anyway, yes. um, he he won a silver the world championships, and the one thing he did have team success at is at the very end of his career he won a Spangler Cup. Ah, the old Spangler. And he is our, one of the few players we've talked about on this podcast to have won a Spangler gold because usually you know NHL stars do not win Spangler Cups generally speaking. Typically not. Yeah. He was, uh, how old was he when he won that? Um, he was uh, 39, I think. Wow. Um, he actually did play more NHL hockey after that, weirdly. Uh, I think. If came I'm, back if I'm, as a backup, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. He like was a backup for the Flames and the Leafs, weirdly, like at the tail end of his career for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, um, so he is not in the Hall of Fame currently. And that has bugged me for a long time. And I've always thought, well, I'm just a homer. Uh, but there are people who are worried that if Cujo's in, that like that sends a bad precedent. And I don't know how you feel about that, Bill. But to me, I say, well, look, you have three seasons in a row in, in 90, 92, 93, 94, where you could make a strong case that if he wasn't the best goalie in the league, he was the best goalie in the league in regular season 93 by advanced stats. But if he wasn't the best goalie in 92 and 94, he was the most valuable goalie in the league. Because I would say so, yeah. the, ghoul, the, the ghouls, the blues, <laughs> uh, they gave up a hell of a lot of shots. And he stopped enough of them uh, that they were a winning team. And anyway, I don't know. I'm, I mean... I'm a homer here. I, I, I can't be objective about it. I think he belongs. But what do you say? I, I Non-Lease fan. I really like Cujo. Uh, I really like the style of play. And he was super, super fun to watch. Um, I think he probably won't get in because of his lack of hardware. But I think that... He's probably the fourth best goalie of his era. Oh, yeah. Mike Richter's in there too, eh? Belfour. Belfour. Yeah, Belfour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so that, well, Richter's, Richter's younger, or sorry, older than he's. I mean, he's yes. Richter's more was contemporary, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it's a tough one. He's, he's right on the edge for me. I think, you know, um, for, for me, it doesn't matter that he never won a cup. 
because I know how damn good he was in some of those playoffs where it was like, if it's not for him, his team's gone in four or five games. And instead, you know, they win in seven because he's just standing on his head. Um, you know, he always played well when he played for Team Canada, except that game against Sweden where we got torpedoed. Uh, <laughs> where they were just literally boys. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. Um, I think um, I think I would like to see him get in, but maybe one of those like you know we made this guy wait a decade and now we're putting him in kind of thing. Um, but I'm I'm really scared that if we put him in, then they have to put Osgood in and. I really don't want Osgood to go in just because he happened to be on fantastic teams his whole career. So this is uh, this is what I would say to that, and I'm not sure I I agree with you in principle because I think people unfortunately these people are not um, good with nuance and we'll just like yeah we put in uh, Cujo so Osgood has to be in. Osgood obviously. I, I think I, I think the other way around. If they put Osgood in it, I'm going to drive Cujo to the Hall of Fame myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that I agree with. No, but I mean, like, if you're worried about like a slippery slope with him, with like people who are worried about Cujo going in, and then like Chris Osgood and Sean Burke going in, my my argument there is that like, but Osgood and and I'm pretty sure Burke were never like the arguably most valuable goalie in the league for three seasons in a row. You know, like they yeah. do not have that peak. Cujo has it. It's you can yeah. look it up on on the internet. There, I I, uh, I get that people are skeptical of of some of these like advanced stat, but like all it is is just like literally all goal saved above averages is is taking into account, um, you know, say percentage in total shots versus compared to everybody else, and so it's adjusting, you know, it's 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 putting some fairness with the with the the amount of shots you face um because regular save percentage doesn't take that into account i don't know i i i agree with you i don't know that he's getting in i i know i'm a homer on this and more than probably most of it i'm i'm usually i feel like I'm okay at putting my homers uh homer whatever aside for this stuff but like i just I watched him so much that like it's really hard for me in this case. But like I think his case is really his seasons with the Blues, not with the Leafs. And I don't think Osgood or Burke or a number of these other like '90s guys who are more on the bubble have that stretch where he was, you know, um, at least by goal save above average, he was he was the second best goalie in the league, the best goalie in the league, and then the fourth best goalie in the league, and then again in 2000 he was the third best. Um, I don't think Osgood or Burke have a stretch like that. That's true. I could be, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty damn sure Osgood certainly doesn't. Burke, yeah. Burke, Burke might have a stretch where he was pretty darn good, but uh, yeah, yeah. Osgood, Osgood, Osgood only has stretches of being Osbad. <laughs> Osgood comparatively have two seasons when he was in the top ten of that stat total. Okay, so yeah, so it's not the same, you know. That's but what I'm saying. That being said. I still think people will just, you know, be like, well, Cujo's in, so yeah, Osgood has to be in, because Osgood has cups, you know, and you're like, no, yeah, this is even stu- though he had, he had about as much to do with them as I did. Yeah. That's so, not true. There was one year, there was one year where he actually did have a fair bit to do with, but I just... I like <laughs> yes, I know. Anyway, I, I mean, I'm a, like, I get it. Goalies are so weird, too. There's so few goalies in the Hall of Fame compared to yeah. skaters. Um, and, like, so, we, so on the other hand, to play my own devil's advocate, I keep we keep saying over and over the hall should be stricter. And if I really want the hall should be 
to be stricter, they sh- we should look at goalies as like a good benchmark and say, why aren't the skaters like that? Yeah. But given that the skaters aren't like that, it does feel a little unfair that guys who were like a top five goalie or whatever for like, you know, 15 years um, or parts of 15 years anyway, um, would be uh, would be excluded anyway i mean i I, like i said i cannot be objective about this um we did forget to talk about trades there there's only one real main one which uh gotta say edmonton sure did better uh in in 95 he was traded to edmonton by st louis for the rights to mike greer and uh a pick that became marty reasoner and one other pick that became nobody so good job edmonton (laughs) Um, got a starting goalie for like you know yeah like depth depth forwards yeah um and i i I liked mike greer a lot and i liked marty reasoner a fair amount but like they were depth forwards mike greer was a better player than marty reasoner but um anyway uh and then there's of course the trade to calgary which is like for a random draft pick that nobody cares about anyway okay to wrap up uh I think it's pretty clear how we should rank these guys if we were to rank them. It's one, two, three in the order we did them, right? Like I think that's pretty safe to say. Would you agree with <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I, all time, I mean, I have no idea. I, I'd say Wah. I mean, I don't. It's so hard as people didn't watch. I mean, I grew up with the idea that Ken Dryden was the best goalie in history because my dad went to school with him, and so. Like I, yeah. the, I knew one. I think I've said this before in the podcast. I knew one thing about hockey before I started watching in like '92 or whenever the hell I started watching, and that was that Ken Dryden was the best goal in history. That's the one thing I knew about hockey. Uh, my Why dad was maybe a little hard. Sorry. It, look, if you you know we're we're not getting to that episode yet, but if you look at Ken Dryden's career, it's like what six five or six cups in like nine or yeah. ten seasons like it's unbelievable no 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 and he he is he is among the best goalies ever he's probably one of the top couple i only bring it up to say that like i never saw him play i never saw tony esposito play i never saw Jacques Plant play i never saw turk Baroda play terry sawchuk uh any of those guys yeah so i don't know where raw ranks with them but i do know that if I'm being fair and not being a homer and not being a weird broder partisan that of the goalies that I have seen with my own eyes, I think he is the second best goalie that I ever watched play with any kind of regularity. I, I, so, would, I would completely agree with that. The first yeah. being Hashin. Yes. The first one being the guy we were talking about next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when it really, when I'm being really fair about it, of course I don't necessarily always feel that way. But like I think that's the truth. Um, and then Broder, I think, you know, Broder's stats really are, uh, if you exclude the longevity and the wins, Broder's stats are less impressive than they might seem. But I think the fact that he tra- he and his team transformed the game to the degree that he did, for ill, I think, in the eyes of many, but still, they did it, yeah. um, is something that cannot be ignored. Um, you know, it really... Puck handling is now a central, I mean, obviously it's harder with the trapezoid, but like, this is a thing that like, it became a central skill and it's, it's, he made it that like, it wasn't a mandatory requirement before him. And you, you know, the things that Jersey could do 
with his puck handling were, I mean, it was just so frustrating. It was so frustrating. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, Cujo, you know, I really, really liked watching Cujo play hockey, but uh, I wish I wish the Leafs had had some more success with him instead of not being able to score at all yeah. <laughs> in 2002 against a very, very beatable opponent. That is a, he did not have a bad year that year. He had a weirdly he had a bad year in the year they went to the uh, conference finals against the the Sabers, but the year they went to the conference finals against the Hurricanes, he had a good uh, well not not amazing, but not like fine. He he was he was fine. It wasn't he wasn't the problem. The problem was uh, I believe in that conference final series the Leafs scored six goals in six games if memory serves. Which is not good. Yeah. Pretty bad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for that brief tangent into Leafs misery, but like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Well, that's that's it for this episode. Next episode, we are going to talk about Ed Belfour, Dominic Kajic, and Roji Vachon, um, two very related goalies, because one, they were on the same team together, and uh, before people realized Hashik was any good. And uh, and then one completely unrelated goalie, um, all of whom are in the Hall of Fame, by the way. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully you will tune in uh, to listen to that one. And uh, unless you have anything else to add, Phil? Uh, no, I think that's about it for me. Okay. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of The Back Check. And we will be back in a few weeks with our second all-goalie episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>